0: to your favorite youtube channel cartoonist kayfabe my name is ed pisgore i'm jim Rugg. going to be taking a look at uh, the preacher special about you know who but first we got to let you guys know that uh, cartoonist kayfabe comic book christmas in july is coming sooner than later we what we're doing uh this year is taking all of our comic book doubles and our comp copies and we are taking them around town sprinkling them uh throughout the free little lending libraries in our neighborhood to create comic book awareness create new readership the the best way to create new readership is to help people stumble into finding seeing a cool comic giving it a shot and trying some more so uh last saturday in july is cartoonist kayfabe comic book christmas in july and we encourage you to participate in that as well jimmy let's read some
1: face. what a comic Ed, flip that over for one second, just to show off, like this is a, to me, this is a time period. It really grounds me once I see the ad for Millennium, which is coming off of X-Files, and it just, I'm in college, like this is all a time period that's so distinct in my mind. And I probably find Preacher a year or two after this is published is probably whenever I start to get into Preacher, but what a cover, yeah. you know? Like you see that thing on the stands, you have to give it a double look, you know? Like you can't walk by there without being, feeling something
0: it was much later that i realized that the, and i bet you nobody at dc editorial knew this man but this is this is a real dude this is an absolute real dude and it was one of those judas priests listen to the record backward fuckers that tried to wow. sh- blow his head off you could watch a video of this guy being interviewed and they lock stock and bur- down to this divot in the head so they garth ennis knew knew this absolutely like like i'm sure it was an instruction yeah to uh steve dylan and and whoever and probably provided the imagery for glenn fabry to to look and do his thing but like you could uh you could find video of this poor bastard talking and, and he talks like face like, like that type of stuff uh he, it's him and and i just imagine that you know you're getting a little garth ennis in here i think in his feelings on suicide and stuff like that and uh I imagine that he saw that kid on the TV during that Satanic Panic and was like, he's got a face like an orse.
1: Yeah, he's got a face like a uh, a, a comic book character. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like, clearly, that's, that's where he goes with it. Um, one of the most nihilistic things I have read in so long. Yes. And I was thinking about it because we were doing some Outlaw comics. We did yep. Kill Image last week. We're going to do Kill Marvel. So this is in between those two books for me reading-wise. And I came away going, "This is far more disturbing and upsetting to me than either of those books." Right. It's um, seeing how
0: Ennis like like builds his stories, you uh, you could you could sort of imagine the bullet points, like how each sort of scene builds to the next. Uh, it's very, he's got he's got a system laid out, and to root this in another period of time, you talk about Millennium. It starts off with For- it's Forrest Gump. It's life is like a box of chocolates. He's sitting on a park bench talking to some douchebag who's next to him who de- can't understand a goddamn word, and he's pontificating in true Forrest Gump fashion. And and uh, the modern day arseface, our guy here, he's he's a very uh, uh, naive kind of a doe-eyed optimist in in a, in a lot of ways. It is a revenge tale. Like he is on a mission, but.
1: Uh, Yeah, he's after jesse he is the uh our our protagonist in preacher this episode is brought to you by the cartoonist kayfabe patreon three different levels will give you access to our videos early and at the king kayfaber level you'll get access to all of our videos as well as the recording session these videos are also brought to you by the books that we make and we've got a big year ahead coming up from ed piscor is the hip-hop family tree omnibus you see it on screen gold foil this is going to be the beautiful book of the season 500 plus pages including all of the hip-hop family tree comic plus 140 extra pages just for the omnibus pre-order that one today there's also a big collection of x-men grand design all three of the grand design x-men volumes in one convenient location that'll be out before the end of the year perfect as a holiday gift and The final season of Red Room, Crypto Killers. Issue one is already out. Issue two on the right here, coming very soon. An entire series, every issue self-contained. The perfect jump-on spot for new readers or longtime Red Room fans. My next book is Street Angel Princess of Poverty coming out later this year from Image Comics. The homeless ninja on a skateboard. This collects all of the Street Angel comics that are not in Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive. Also available and back in print from Image Comics. Hulk grand design, oversized fluorescent, green treasury edition now available and the first young adult graphic novel the plain janes and my latest comic book true crime funnies self-published written and drawn by me featuring three non-fiction short stories available now on my website and now back to the video so much self-delusion in uh in these
0: root characters from from uh angel from you know the small town that jesse custer was the preacher at because uh, sheriff root has his own delusions the mother has her delusions and uh young Arsface, he definitely has his own delusions as well big uh kurt cobain fan
1: right exactly that's going to play a pivotal part in this story you see him right here on the wall it's a background detail um interesting takeaway from this we're gonna have two main high school characters that hang out together yeah uh, pube and and, and Arsface arseface is 18 at this point and pube is 16 Dude, their cast is 28-year-olds. Like, 28-year-olds right. are playing these guys, and I wonder if that's an editorial decision considering the R-rated content that, like, you can't really have somebody who looks like he's 16 having this experience.
0: Yeah, that, yeah that's, that's you know, this it's a Vertigo book, like, we know that a lot of people don't have the facility for that. The other extremely noteworthy thing is this is a year before Columbine. This, this comic would not exist in 1997. There's no way that that would have passed a muster. Uh, this is this the the kind of nihilism that existed before Columbine was like you had your weird dudes that had the anarchist cookbook and would like make bombs in the woods or something Mm -hmm. you know make make matchstick bombs or something with a tennis ball uh but Columbine changed the game there's no way this would have
1: uh been co-signed after that yeah it's a weird reading experience thinking of it as a corporate comic this feels like something that you would do now to be super edgy it, totally and you would get some you would get you would get shrapnel from from this thing now but for DC to publish this back in the day and i think that part of it is i haven't read preacher as a whole in a while yeah and I think if you read preacher as a whole you get this sort of i hate to say it's like an image of america but there is this kind of like maybe an image of pop culture America the mythos of America and I think this fits more in there on its own it's a strange book within the context of preacher it's a little bit different because now we're looking at everything from pop culture to teen culture yeah. to religion. You know, like you're kind of doing this whole, like this is the American, what we're selling you, and this has a spot in it. Yeah. But when you take this out and isolate it, it's just like, what are we doing? You know, <laughs> right. like it is intense. It is bleak. But it's also part of a bigger whole if you put it in the Preacher story.
0: Ours is the Boba Fett of Preacher. And the whole origin is spelled out in issue one or two, of the preacher comic when you first see arseface it's also so so this is the titanic like we know where it ends i mean you see this right we know where it ends so it's about the destination and that is that's a tough creative exercise for for a writer because we know the ending so you have to make the destination to get there an
1: entertaining ride the other book that i would pair this with if we're looking at context the spawn child abuse issue because mm-hmm. it's also a police officer that's abusing his kid, which is what we're seeing here. Our space's dad is a, is a sheriff in this little town and is horribly abusive right. to him. Um, and, you know, think of the two different versions of abuse that are on those two pages between the McFarland version and the Garth Ennis version. Totally. And
0: uh, this is just one of those kids. We talked about it before on the channel, but there are just those kids that are just behind
1: the eight ball where even teachers don't like them it sucks so bad because i remember these kids and i remember stephen king's on writing when he talks about the girls he went to school with that he kind of thought about when he was doing Carrie. exactly where it's like it's not just they're abused by their peers in school it's like they're abused by the world
0: yeah just everybody like they recognize him as being fully off so he gets beat up by like you know the school jock the cliche right he's pining over a girl the teacher kind of Narks him out and then she gets disgusted by him and uh so his only salvation and and uh this would be the same with those kids as well They they would have like their one friend and it wouldn't even be a friend really like it wouldn't be a friend the way you have a friend or i have a friend it would be like We are an island of misfit toys. We could tolerate one another, but you don't even necessarily like each other, but you sit at the same lunch table. 16. I know, right? 16. (laughs) That dude might be 35. I might have been lying earlier when I said he was in his 20s. Yes, this
1: is Richard Case on the artwork, not to be confused with Richard Pace. Right. Yeah, Richard Case coming off of the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol run would be a big body of work for him. And this is a
0: whole style in the 90s with, with... these kind of backgrounds, he does angles, and stiff figures. You know, Mm -hmm. it's very, very stiff figures.
1: Yeah, you see a big contrast if you think of, like, the feathering of a Marvel house style of the 80s. One of several styles that was like, we're going to go against that.
0: Yeah, and, uh, you know, I think of, like, the Starman comics. Like, Like, DC had a whole wing of comic art that wasn't far off from this. So they, they take refuge in in drugs and nirvana, right. They're all in. Our boy can't even uh, you know handle handle the drugs all that much. So, so pube is clowning on him.
1: Yeah, that's funny too, whenever like the two kids that are the outcasts, even within there you get an hierarchy of like, okay, now I get to bully you a little bit. And we see that the dad is, like,
0: far off the rails. Like, he's, he's not just, like, an abusive guy, but he also, like, s- expected there to be space aliens. Right.
1: Which he refers to in the most offensive way possible. Right. When I saw this ad, it's like, I'm going to have to put that on the pool list. Those are so great. Those essential Swamp Things reprinted in crisp black and white, man. I always say Toddlebin and, and Beset are the heroes of Swamp Thing. Never do they look better than in those crisp black and white essential swamp thing reprints.
0: They're gorgeous on good paper. So because our uh, our guys are so old looking, it ain't no thing to be able to go to the adult bookstore and get some some analog
1: porno. I guess this is how it was done back in those days, huh, Jimmy? It's a weird um, piece of the story, too. You know, like, I don't remember that porn was a big thing in my high school. Right. And uh, that would have been, you know, be. I graduated no, you in kids. 95. Right, but, you know, like, you have these these kids in high school going to the porn store. Like, that's an event. That's right. part of the, the know, drugs and rock and roll. You, you know you know what this is? In the adult
0: bookstore. <laughs> here's, here's what this is. But I was talking about this with Jeff Darrow. Uh, and he was talking about how, man, it was one of those book series. It might be Remo Williams. It might be The Destroyer that um, got started to get ghostwritten by British dudes. And so it takes place in America, and there would be all of these inaccuracies. And he talked about, like, the biggest one that he remembers is the coyotes were circling the the, the canyon. Or, like, it was something about flying coyotes. Mistaking coyotes for vultures. Gotcha. And uh, maybe... In the UK, they just think that dudes can jump into... porn shops well, no matter what age
1: thing. right exactly like once you're looking at it from outside the culture like what do you've got here especially if we're doing like fringe culture and outsiders and the adult bookstores i'm fascinated by them they're a weird distro piece of history in america they just weren't something that was a part of my high school experience and maybe because there wasn't an adult bookstore anywhere near my high school yeah. if i was in a bigger city maybe that would have been more important to some of the kids
0: i always feel like uh they're 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 more ubiquitous around like the rustic spots like when we I go on truck
1: like highways yeah is where you see where i see them yeah
0: we'll pass a couple on the way at heroes we will and so like it's all a contrivance to create an awkward scenario where our guy starts to gain a little ground with the girl you know and then leave it to that other guy pube to sort of
1: cock block him pubes not, not a good wingman no and just fully turn her off but he's only 16 and has that disease where you look like you're 43 so <laughs> he's awkward around girls right I wonder if this is the same church
0: that Jesse Custer will that's then, then be preacher in at some point.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's a good, that's that's interesting. I didn't even think about that possible connection. But we see the alcoholic mother who is now, you know, turning to her preacher for like, I can't take it anymore. What do I do? My life is awful. My son's abused. My husband's, you know. <laughs> and, and of course, divorce is not the answer in uh, Christian religions. And, this is Garth Ennis cutting a promo on Christianity here. You've got Jesus. He loves you. The worse your life is, the better he is. It's like, <laughs> you that's know, hard to sell. You know, Jesus
0: will help you get by. She goes, get better? He's like, no, bye. <laughs> so this is like one of those real heartbreaking pieces, man. So she goes to you know pick up a new uh, bottle of vodka and is like, can you fill this for me? And he's like, dude, this ain't a pharmacy. Like She's
1: either fully out of it or looking for like illegal street drugs. You know, if you're, um, I feel like if you were going to do this story today, she dies of an overdose because she's mixing these like sleeping, sleeping meds with alcohol. Like a lot of people, you know, that's the formula for overdosing and given the scenario here, that feels like something that would have happened within this story.
0: Yeah. Yeah. From what I understand, it doesn't take that much Xanax to, to work very negatively with like a little alcohol. Uh, so our guys see this is this is that real eerie Columbine shit because you know like when you read about those boys there was like the more There was the recessive one and there was the dominant one and the one guy who talked the other one into kind of doing stuff uh, Evangelizing a one and, and you have that dynamic here uh, You know it, it goes to the point where you know the dude is like well, we need to get a gun Like little sheriff root who's waiting for the Martians to come always sits there with a, with a gun
1: on the lap he does here his fair bit of drinking what a strange wrinkle to his character that hes has this Martian infatuation yeah it is yeah because like
0: it's 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 a thing that separates him apart from like your straw man
1: you know small small town sheriff. And it's the reminder for me of just how Hot X-Files was, (laughs) because it's just weird. It's
0: a really weird detail. You know what it is, too, man, is, like, it's never a Harvard professor who sees these damn aliens and stuff. It's always some shit kicker.
1: You know what? Nice job on the coloring. Absolutely. This book is dark a little bit for my taste, but I like that you get this scene is defined by that that greenish-blue color, and now we're in a different scene, and... The, the color instantly tells you, okay, we're somewhere else.
0: Matt Hollingsworth, man, he is—he is one of the unsung heroes of the the, the Preacher creative team uh, during the early run. uh It would—it would become a—I think her name is Pamela Rambo. It becomes a colorist for like the second run of uh, of Preacher, and it—it it is not the same. It just—it just is not the same. When you get to this page, and it is on a page turn, you know where it's going. You know, and, uh, you know, I feel like we're getting a little, you know, Gigi, Gigi Allen is uh, being remembered here. I mean, we got the like, sort of pantless uh,
1: band on stage. Hey, one more note on the colorist is this is the clearly the digital color era, but you see he's doing flat colors. Pretty much, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of neat to see how people were pushing what you could do with digital. Like you get to mix a bunch of inks that you didn't get to mix in the past, but you don't have to do gradients on everything or, you know, starburst effects or anything like that.
0: Yeah, I think I think at the time, like a lot of the colorists were very excited to just have a smooth color where you don't see dots on the on the flesh tone or whatever. This is what like one of those examples is <laughs> just like so flat. It is. It really is. You know, like he Richard Richard Case needed to see your um, Super Mag cover
1: to figure out how to how to draw that yeah. facial impact S- a little smash better. that nose in a little bit. But you know, um, this style it kind of lends itself to static moments. Like I think a Dan Klaus is a very still, a lot of his panels are very still compared to like a Marvel method of like motion being in there. And sometimes whenever you now need to do some motion, it doesn't, it can be hard to get everything out of a style, get that full range. That's true.
0: Probably the apex of this kind of style would be a Duncan Figreto. He did the uh, Jay and Silent Bob comics with, with uh, Kevin Smith. And you know, it's adjacent aesthetically and subject matter wise with this kind of thing
1: it'd be funny to put together the slacker collection of comics of like the guys in the flannel shirt
0: that's one of the things man like like a big part of the subject matter of my next comic it's just it's rooted in the 90s man so so i'm just kind of revisiting a lot of this kind of stuff to see what, what the tropes are of the era
1: man this haircut and look it's in Street Angel. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's in the plain Janes. It's in a ton of comics. That was that was one of those kind of like that shoulder length hair uh, on a dude. Big time in that mid nineties. Again with the flannel shirts, like you've probably seen it Ed, as you're going through like nineties oh, sure. comics of that that feature that slacker kind of grunge influence.
0: Get hold of Sheriff Root's gun, blow a dog away. So so now now their dicks are hard with the like, destructive capabilities of that of that weapon. And also, we
1: don't like anybody now. No they killed the dog The right. he the guys were supposed to sympathize with killed a dog right you're out <laughs> i mean you are it's that simple
0: <laughs> yeah but it does speak to the 90s vibe right
1: like where it's just like the nihilism of that era everything sucks yeah you wonder how much this is a critique of nirvana you yeah know, like that that's i feel like that's something that was leveled against that music whenever i was a kid that i would hear about totally and uh in a way this whole book is about that Our boy's getting one last ass whooping. Yeah, Dad's not happy when son when Junior comes home with that shotgun. <laughs> yeah,
0: and they did a good job sort of building up Sheriff Root as just this like ominous figure, just the worst man. I think in one of the uh, the Wizard casting calls, they they said like our Lee Emery should be him in the movie, and it's like goddamn right, like he has to be the template for that character. Uh, so. Our boy gets one last ass whooping, and at this point, he's he's done. He's done. He's moving out. He's gonna go live with Pube. Thrown out his anal his last issue of Anal Spittoon.
1: <laughs> That's one that surprises me that DC would let let pass.
0: Well, in issue five or six, seven, one of those issues with <laughs> with, with that private investigator, like there was a uh, anal rampage was uh one of the uh, things. So uh. I feel like this is very true too man where you like you have this like fuck off dude that you're friends with and then it has like an excep- exceptionally hot college age sister and he floats it, "Hey, are you living here with us?" She's like, "Hell no, man."
1: Yeah, pube's grandmother's going to assisted living, opening up a room where uh our our guy can come and get away from his dad. Yeah sister just
0: finds out that that uh whatever his name is charlie or whatever his name is pube in school
1: this stuff always also calls to mind like other disturbing stories of this nature like i think about some of andrew vox like hard looks yeah. comics that, yeah like the james obar one in particular absolutely horrific abuse in that one and it just you know all those things then just kind of stir together to me as like you can dance around and make stuff a little more cartoony or whatever but also like you've seen the horrific parts Right you know, and they just they they become one and the same, and this is such a bad scene because like this is nice, it's hopeful, right, like it, this is really like you know what man, if he gets out of his 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 dad's house, maybe he's got some hope exactly, and that's and that's like that that's like that's like the
0: lesson that you gotta tell like all your cousins and stuff who who are you know angsty teens and shit it's just like yo survive it just survive it man and you're gonna get out of there you're not gonna be stuck with those people you're gonna find a a girl or a guy or whatever and it's all gonna be good but you just gotta like live it i thought this was a very sharp storytelling page here because you got the shadow of the cop car showing up conversation continues you see the glare you never see this in comics where you have like a tv that's off with like a visible glare And I was making note, you know, oh, that's, that's a cool thing. Continue the glare. And then you got that shadow.
1: Yeah. That's really, and we
0: know that pro we know that silhouette and you see the glare even right there as they're talking and they're vibing, you know, and she's actually giving him some science. You know, she's, she's being like a good big sister to him. Just saying like, yo, don't follow my brother. Establish him much more about the, about the care, about a pube as a character as like, yeah, he has some charisma and stuff. Uh, he has enough charisma that he's younger than this dude, but this guy is, is following him uh, sight unseen.
1: Yeah, she really does give him the warning. And in the end, it's like he just doesn't listen to her. Right. You know, like there's a chance in the end when he doesn't have to follow that dude, but instead... It's it's all hopeful until you get the bams, man. And then it's just that reversion back to adolescence. Like, that's... Kn- Go ahead. Well, I was going to say a, a note on the reflection in the television It makes me think of No Country for Old Men. There's that great scene in the trailer, you know, where they're just trying to figure out Tommy Lee Jones comes in and it's like trying to figure out the killer was here. What's what's he thinking? But it's that kind of detail. And it's amazing because, I mean, this is this is a decade or more before that movie. So not like they ripped it off.
0: And just like uh, purely emasculating a kid, man, right in front of mom. And, And, you know, it's that subordinate mother figure that just has no say in the matter. Get in the kitchen. Catches that catches that beat down from old Sheriff Root. Uh because we have to take we have to take all hope out of this boy. It's all got it's all gotta go. We gotta build something that uh there feels like there's just no escape. Got our drunk ass mom right here.
1: Man, Bible in one hand, bottle in the other. <laughs> And this would have been impossible to read if that, if this looked like a kid, if this looked like your average 18 year old, I don't know if I'd be able to read it. Yeah, maybe. And now we're really leaning into the Nirvana with the Nevermind chapter title. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And uh, upon discovery that, that Kurt Cobain killed himself. So, so there it is. It's like the, the last, their savior, their hero. Uh, that was a devastating thing to people in school when, when I was a kid, man, uh, I feel like it all happened the same year, like because we had uh, we had Channel One News uh, where Anderson Cooper in homeroom class, like you would watch the news, and it was pumped into schools, and of course all the advertising was uh, for OxyClean and like
1: that type of shit. Yeah, Cap- which meant Cap- which meant the poor kid that had the worst acne in the in the room <laughs> every morning would get a reminder, and everybody t- t- poking him a little bit extra.
0: <laughs> but I I swear I, I it feels like a kurt cobain tupac and biggie it was like all at the same moment within like months of each other or something like that so of course and there were tribes you know there was like all right here's the grunge tribe but you can't hang out with like the other kids you're just like a part of that thing you hang out with the chicks with the short hair that look like or whatever the hell that lady's name is from american history x with the short haircuts and and the army jackets and like the cool kids ain't hanging out with you they're reminding the 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 slacker douchebags that their hero's dead and that's a bridge too far.
1: Yeah, 16-year-old Pew pulls out a knife. For all the good it does him. Yeah.
0: And gets thrust upon his own petard, I believe is the is the term man. gets his ass beat up with his own guitar.
1: Yeah, Jeff Jarrett right in the head. <laughs>
0: We're honky tonk man. Yes. Take your pick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now Pube is emasculated in front of his friend. He's got nothing to live for. Future Arseface has nothing to live for. Let's go get your dad's gun. And we have our... Woe is me. Let's do this shit. And they graphically show it. I think in true preacher fashion, what should have happened right here is you fall through the gun. Like, the gun comes up as you hit the ground. Hmm. You know? Make it go right through the wound.
1: Yeah, you're right. In preacher fashion, where uh, our boy Arseface then has to uh, put a boot on the guy to pull the gun back out. <laughs> right. Like, pull the arrow out. There was that one part.
0: I watched The Departed not too long ago, man. And uh, uh, Jack Nicholson shoots a lady in the head at, at, at a, like a waterfront. And then he looks at his guy and he's like, she felt kind of funny. Like, that's the word. He's like, she felt kind of funny.
1: Yeah, this is like a Triple H bump. You know, wherever you'd see them do the stumble around a couple of times before they oversell the fall. (laughs) Man, I wouldn't even like to draw this. It's pretty
0: tough. Yeah, it's pretty tough, man. And, of course, they didn't take it that that far because, like, uh, we're doing some some, uh, theater of the mind. But there's logistics here, you know. That brain case is sitting back here. He's shooting straight up.
1: Yeah, you can see the hole in the forehead is your exit wound. Right.
0: Yeah, the logistics are all there. And <laughs> the sister shows up looking for a little bit of answers. What the hell? And yeah,
1: mourning and grieving. In
0: true nihilistic fashion, nobody cared. Like, woe is me type stuff. And that sets her off. She throws it right back at him, man. Maybe you fucking idiots did, didn't care. And then that Triggers a spark that I always think that the R Space character he got one of those like pre orbital, frontal orbital lobotomies.
1: That's what I think too, because his characterization completely changes. Yeah. They don't acknowledge it, but that's the only explanation I can. Well, I, I kind of wish they would have acknowledged it in some way because I feel like you'll, there's a documentary about people who who jump off of the Golden Gate Bridge. Right. And then the survivors talk about how much their feelings change almost instantly yeah. before they even hit the water. And I, I wonder like what the thinking is on Garth Ennis's part is the character turn. Yeah. Cause the lobotomy is where I went to, like, I assume he's doing some brain damage with this, but it is that frontal lobe. Yeah. So I don't know. And, uh, if you try
0: and you try to enunciate that stuff, it all works. Right. Like, Garth Ennis really, like, puts in that
1: effort to, to get the proper syllables in there. I want to imagine, like, the letter messing one of these up, like, getting a note back and being like, that's a that's a U. It's S-H-L-U-V. <laughs> uh, the mom finally gets up some gumption and leaves old Hugo Root away. And leaves her son after he's attempted suicide. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's. She is. There's no redemptive qualities for her either. <laughs> Welcome to preacher land,
0: Jimmy. Yeah, I'll say nobody's getting out of this alive. So, Sheriff Root, and and this this begins the the piece where he just doesn't even talk to the boy. Like the boy is dead. In fact, when the boy's in the hospital, like like the dad gives him some better advice of, on how to properly how right. to properly uh, do the job. But. Uh, We establish the characters that are now in Preacher Issue 1, basically. He completely ignores the boy, and the boy is... (laughs) I'm going to be the best son in the whole world.
1: (laughs) Can't help but laugh a little bit. Oh, it's definitely a black comedy.
0: (laughs) And then uh, we have our bookend sequence, continuing the Forrest Gump theme. And he continues the story uh, while the dude is hitting that... That's like a water pipe or something, man. Uh... (laughs) <laughs> and is like I don't understand a fucking word you're saying, dude. Yeah,
1: what's he smoking there?
0: Is yeah, that weed? it's like crack rocks, man.
1: Yeah, I have questions. I I would be so curious, like how Ennis feels about this book now, how the editors feel about this book. It's just so far. It feels about as far as you could push. Like I'd be curious for somebody. What's a more Bleak or offensive comic that DC has published. That's a good question. I would bet, nope. That's a good question. If there is one, I bet Garth Ennis is the writer. (laughs) (laughs) It's nuts how far he pushed everything. But I do think this is a, a certain take or critique on music and specifically grunge music of this era.
0: So, so like I said, man, the the real life analog to this character is that that kid that did the Judas Priest gimmick. So you replace you you replace Judas Priest with Nirvana and you you update it you add rather than the satanic panic of the 80s you have the nihilism of the 90s and you know it's almost it's a comment it's a Garth and his commentary on all of that stuff you know that's probably what's the the height of this grunge shit is probably what's being exported to him where, wherever he lives and even the people who were participating in it saw it as a big joke. Like, I just actually watched that documentary called Hype about the grunge movement, it was sub-pop records in particular. And there was a girl who worked at sub-pop who got a call from the New Yorker or something, and they wanted, like, a glossary of terms uh, from the grunge era. And in true kind of slacker fashion, she was just making up the most bullshit <laughs> stuff and telling them the thing. And they, they printed it. They right. published it in, in the, uh, the article, man, because she was deemed to be trustworthy for it or something that's hilarious yeah but it's it's just such a piece of 90s nihilism and you're right man it is i can't think of any uh dc comic that's gone further
1: yeah i don't see a uh comics code stamp on this one
0: no oh. no that was the beauty of vertigo though man you good to go i am okay favors like follow subscribe to the youtube channel hit the bell so that we can notify you when new vids are available cartoonist k comic book christmas in july is the last saturday in july and we're dumping a bunch of comics in those free little lending libraries uh in our neighborhoods and communities we encourage you guys to do the same thousands of people have done it uh last year which was the first time we we did it we've like tens
1: of thousands of people to give it a go this round
0: but the videos are brought to you by the books that we make so jimmy tell the
1: people what you got going on Hulk Grand Design, the fluorescent green oversized treasury edition, The Plain Janes, and Street Angel Deadliest Girl Alive are all available in print right now. My next book, Street Angel Princess of Poverty, will be coming out later this year from Image Comics, collecting all of the Street Angel comics not in Deadliest Girl Alive, and debuting, uh, by the time you see this video, True Crime Funnies, number one. This is a collection of 3 nonfiction short stories, a couple wrestling stories in there, as well as a classic true crime story. Um, these will be available widely after Heroes Con, so keep following Cartoonist Kayfabe for details on how you can get a copy of True Crime Funnies. And you can join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can read some of these comics and my new comics as I create them.
0: Super cool, man. You're looking at the gold foil cover for the Hippie Family Tree Omnibus. It's going to collect the four issues four volumes of the Hip-Hop Family Tree series that exist under one volume. Uh, It's going to be 504 pages. Take a look at that spine. That's a lot of comics in that book. And uh, it's going to have 140 pages of additional material uh, within uh, that volume. Also, in time for the holidays, we're doing Hulk... We're doing X-Men Grand Design Trilogy. Uh, It's a trade paperback collecting all of my X-Men Grand Design work into one handy-dandy trade paperback. Uh, That is going to come in time for Christmas. And the comic that I'm working on right now, Red Room Crypto Killers, is slowly coming out uh, in stores. Issue 1 is out. Issue 2 is going to be out in stores uh, in in no time within the next couple of weeks. This is the cover to it. Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. And uh, each of these issues is completely self-contained. There are two existing trade paperbacks of the previous seasons of Red Room. So give our books a shot. Uh, give our books as gifts and keep the lights on in the kayfabe studio so that we can
1: keep making these videos for you jimmy what else do you got going on subscribe to the cartoonist Kfab newsletter at the links below this video you can also find cartoonist kayfabe t-shirts merchandise hats mugs stickers and more at our spread shop that link is also under this video
0: all good ways to support the cartoonist kayfabe channel giving those marching orders and we'll be on our way. read more comics